So like I said, I got to spend the month of May on sabbatical. Um, Super, super, super grateful uh, for the opportunity. Super grateful for the privilege to be able to step out. Um, I spent the month uh, reconnecting with family and friends and and reconnecting with um, God, honestly, and uh, just got to refill the soul a little bit. Uh, It was really, really good. It was such a a sweet time. That's the best way to describe it. It was a sweet time. Uh, And then uh, right after that, my wife and I uh, celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary, and we actually flew out to the Pacific Northwest and and spent time in Washington and Oregon, Uh, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, But as I am coming back in from kind of this short season, and Brad is stepping out. I mean, he asked us to pray for him, and so that's what we're going to do. Uh, I know what it's like uh, stepping out to that, and honestly, it's pretty, pretty hectic. I've worked probably some of the longest days leading up to sabbatical so that I could step away, uh, and so I know that he's tired. Uh, it's been a long season. There's been a lot of staff change, even as you just said. We get to celebrate that Mike is here, right? But there has been some uh, good and bad in that story, uh, and so Let's pray for Brad as he is stepping out. Let's pray that he, too, gets to reconnect with his family, with his friends, that he gets to reconnect with God, that his soul will be refilled, and that he'll come back just excited for what we're doing as a church. All right? So uh, join me in prayer. God, thank you so much for who you are. God, thank you uh, that even on a day filled with rain and thunderstorms, it's another day of life. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for everything that you're doing in the walls of this church and out in our community God, thank you for Brad. Thank you for his heart. Thank you for the pastor that he is. Thank you for the friend that he is. God, I I pray that as he steps out that you would do insane things this coming month. God, I pray that you would speak to him, that he would hear you. I pray that uh, just his family would be blessed uh, by this time where they can spend time together and and get away. Um, God, I pray that he comes back rejuvenated and just extremely excited for what you're calling us to uh, and that he will lead us well. Um, God, so I I pray this. Uh, God, I'm grateful that I too got to experience this, and and I pray today as I'm I'm stepping back in for the first time in a while, I'm going to be rusty, and so I pray that you speak loudly, because it's not me, it's you. Uh, And so, God, I pray that you speak loudly today. I pray that every one of us would walk away hearing something from you this morning, and I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, church, so uh, from a very, very young age, I would consider myself to be pretty creative. Um, I could build the most wicked blanket forts in the world. Um, literally every dining chair was out into the living room. Uh, the afghans, the, the blankets, the couch cushions, it was all involved, right? Uh, and Coleman, man, they started designing tents after what I was putting up in my living room. And <clears throat> awkward drink break. Um, I would, is this awkward? Okay. It gets really awkward when you're up here and everybody's just looking at you. Um, I would build the most crazy worlds for like my G.I. Joes and my Ninja Turtles and my Ghostbusters because those were the greatest toys ever created. And um, you'd go into the backyard and man, the sandbox, whoo, the things that were built in the sandbox. In second grade, I got my first ever camera. Uh, It was a step up. That makes me sound really spoiled. Uh, It was a step up from one of those like disposable ones where you like click and and crank and then you just turn the whole thing in. So you still had to load film into it, but you couldn't zoom, you couldn't focus, like you you just clicked. Um, First ever camera that I got though, and that sucker, whoo, that changed something in me, right? So I'm, I'm like seven years old and I get a camera. 
Every art class that I took, I absolutely loved. Man, painting and drawing and sculpting and just all of it, I was eating it up. And I got to middle school, and uh, I took a, a manufacturing and an engineering class where um, I don't know why, but there was a dark room in it. And so uh, all these kids are like, I want to learn how to engineer. And I'm like, I want in there. And so uh, my teacher actually let me in. And I was in eighth grade when I got to develop my first rolls of film. And oh, man, getting to use an enlarger and just all this stuff in there it was awesome. And I got to high school, and I think I took almost every art class that you could at my high school. In fact, I took photography in high school, and I got a D, because um, Mr. Oberton didn't think that I took very interesting photos. Um, that was a fun one. Uh, while in high school, I think I went to, yeah, I went to my ed. Uh, it was the Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design, and I took various classes. One of them was in shape and form awkward. Uh, and then I took another class in animation, literally uh, drew out a hand-animated like music video for one of my friend's bands. It was so much fun. And then I go to school uh, in college for graphic design, and, and I realize, you know, I don't think this is something I want to do every day of my life, right? I love creating, but I don't know if I want to turn it into a job. Funny, because that's what I do now. Um, and so I, I transfer to Trinity, where I study the Bible so that uh, I can graduate and uh, get a job in ministry. And um, despite all of my previous art education, I had to take a class called Art Appreciation, because um, colleges don't transfer credits very well. Uh, and so um, I have loved all of that. And I graduated, and I got a job at Silver Birch, and I was a program director, which means I got to be a huge kid, uh, and I got to design experiences for kids. And so every year we would have a different theme, and, and one year we did a, a Western theme, and so we built a big Western storefront out in the middle of the field at camp, and we had like a gold rush in like the, the 1800s, and kids are running all over getting gold in the field. And, and then one summer we did uh, a medieval like a Renaissance fair, right? So I'm dressed up like a king with the least manliest beard ever, but I got chain mail on, and the whole, yeah, I'm living the dream, right? It's like 85 degrees out, humid, I'm dying because I'm in like 30 pounds of metal, um, awesome. My favorite was the last summer I was there, and we, we built a full-size pirate ship called the Sweet Maria. It stood in the, in the field like it was shipwrecked, and we had cannons that were smoking. Oh, yes. For as long as I can remember, I've loved to create. I've loved to make. In fact, uh, for me personally, I feel like I get to know more about God every time that I get to create something. I love working in my shop. I love building furniture. I love building things I love cooking. I love smoking meat. You want to talk about a masterpiece? You throw a brisket on there, low and slow, 16 hours? Oh, ho, ho. I love making videos. I like making graphics. I love creating. But I think photography is the one thing that's just kind of stood with me. From second grade on, man, I've been taking photos and getting D's. <laughs> And so like I said uh, beforehand, coming out of my sabbatical, my wife and I, we went to the Pacific Northwest. And um, have any of you guys ever been there? Okay, some of you. Insane, right? It is Jurassic Park. Um, it is beautiful. And so uh, I knew as soon as we got off the airplane that I was no longer in Indiana. Um, <laughs> because the cornfields are now like 100 foot tall Douglas fir trees, and we're going up and down on things called hills. Uh, and so we're driving, and um, this isn't one of those vacations where you set up shop in a hotel and you're just laying on the beach for a week. Um, we drove 1,500 miles 
uh, and we stayed at a different place almost every night that we were out there. And so this was like Operation See Everything That You Can, uh, and we did. Um, and I would gladly go back. Uh, and so I knew that we were no longer in Indiana as soon as I got off the plane, but I was not ready for what I was going to experience that very first night. And I, I knew, like, we literally, we got up at 3 in the morning, we flew out of Indy at 6.45, we got into Seattle, it was 11.30 their time, because that's fun. And then uh, we picked up our rental car, and we drove three and a half hours to Port Angeles, Washington. And uh, you pull into the parking lot at Walmart, and there's mountains. And it looks a little different than it does here in Shelbyville. And so we got what we needed, and we went, and we dropped our stuff off at the hotel, and we went and got dinner, and I said, Taylor, I said, if we hit the park at 7... We're hitting it at magic hour. And she's like, okay, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, oh, that's a good thing, right? You see, in photo terms, you've got good light and you've got bad light. And good light is magic hour, blue hour, right? Sunrise, sunset. It's beautiful. As soon as the sun starts to come up and as soon as it's going down, it gets golden out. And the shadows soften up. It's not nearly as harsh. It is perfect light. And it was not rainy at all while we were out there. In fact, it was pretty much clear because we were there uh, in their non-rainy season. And so uh, we get to Port Angeles and, and we're eating dinner. And I'm like, okay, if we get into the park at 7, we're going to hit this thing at magic hour. And, and so we start driving up uh, to a place called Hurricane Ridge. And immediately, like, you feel like you're on a roller coaster because, like, you're, you're jacked back, right? And you're driving up this hill and you're like, okay, cool, we're on a hill. And you're driving, you're driving, you're driving. And eventually you get to the point where... You are above all of the trees on lower ground, and you realize that you are driving on a road that is like carved into a mountain, uh, and you just start going. And you're hitting all these switchbacks and these turns, and every wicked turn, you, you come around, and there's no trees, and it's just a clearing, and you just see mountains, right? And naughty words were coming out of my mouth because was, it, it was insane, right? And we're, we're driving all the way up to the, to the mountain, right? And I'm on Hurricane Ridge at Golden Hour, there's literally deer everywhere because uh, they're down with people. And so they're standing on the side of the road just munching on grass. They're looking at you kind of like a kitty. I don't know why I did that. Um, <laughs> and you're looking at these mountains, and, and as the sun is setting, right, there's this haze that starts forming in the sky, and it's illuminated by the sun, and everything becomes this golden yellow bronze color and the tops of all of the mountains are actually painted with orange and red and it looks like they're all engulfed in flames. And I am wigging out, right? And I'm like, click, 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 like spray and pray. That's what you call it. You just, right? I think I took 8,000 photos while I was there. I'm, I'm not kidding. I need another hard drive. And um, so I drove up and down that mountain like a wild man just experiencing creation, experiencing something that you just don't get to see on a regular basis unless you live there, and then I hate you. <laughs> that entire week, man, we saw mountains, and we saw rainforest, and we saw waterfalls, and we saw uh, the coolest, like, just ocean, rugged, like, Florida, no, like, well, yes, Washington, right? There's this huge, rugged rock faces, and you get down to Cannon Beach, Oregon, and there's this massive rock called Haystack Rock just chilling right in the middle of the ocean. And you're eating fish next to it, and these tufted puffins are an endangered species, and you can't fly drones there. Dirty birds. And, um, man, it was insane. Best way that I could have wrapped up a time out of the office. How many of you love being out in nature? 
How many of you, in fact, would say, I feel closer to God when I'm out in nature? Right? There's a reason for this. There's a reason for it. Scripture, I love this. It's beautiful. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Romans 1.1 20, it says, forever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything that God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature. And Paul goes so far as to say, they have no excuse for not knowing God. In fact, there's a theological term called general revelation or natural revelation, which states somebody can experience nature and know who God is just by seeing it. I know that I dog on Indiana quite a bit because your cheese isn't good. Um, But there's some beautiful places in Indiana, right? Amen? Okay, cool. I'm just making sure you guys like your state the way that I do. Uh, And so uh, there's this place called Mill Creek. It's actually in, um, that's Anderson Falls. Mill Creek, St. Paul, Indiana. Are you kidding me? Take that, Mr. Oberton. How many of you have ever seen a sunset that just blows your mind, right? I see them most Sundays when I'm coming here, especially in the winter because I'm up before the sun, right? Uh, And a couple of months ago, I'm driving in, and it is foggy out, it is hazy out, and then the sun starts coming up. What? Like normally when it's foggy out, it's like gray, and it looks like death, right? Coolest mix ever. And right now we've got thunderstorms, right? How many of you enjoy thunderstorms? Yes. Right? I love them when your house shakes and you kind of poop yourself, right? <laughs> Those are the best. Uh, and so when I lived at camp, I lived in the middle of the woods. That's why I'm weird. And I had a, a lake literally in my backyard. Sawyer Lake was my backyard. Uh, and so one night there was a massive thunderstorm going on, and eventually the rain passed out, and it was just heat lightning. Uh, and so I'm sitting in my house, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get pictures of that. So I did what's smart, and I ran out onto a lake while it was lightning. Um, <laughs> Yes! I like you. (laughs) The heavens declare the glory of God. You see, we love creation. In fact, God loves creation. But what if I told you that God's greatest creation, his greatest masterpiece, wasn't a waterfall, wasn't a forest, It wasn't a crystal clear ocean, it wasn't a mountain range, but that it was you and it was me. Let that settle in. I saw Mount Rainier for the first time, tallest mountain in Washington. It's like 14,000 feet up. And what was crazy is one of the places that we stayed right across the street, there was a a Himalayan restaurant, because why not? Uh, and we get there, and, and, and I find out that there's a ton of folks actually from, like, Nepal and Tibet that are actually there that were Sherpas on Mount Everest. The dude that brought me my fish had summited Everest 14 times. That's crazy to me. But what's even crazier to me is that God views me as a masterpiece and not Mount Everest. I mean, I'm a big dude, but my Everest is really big. 
the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10, actually says, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we could do the good things he planned for us long ago. We are God's masterpiece. A masterpiece, it's a a supreme intellectual or artistic achievement. It is an artist's greatest work, the best work ever produced, a roaring success. A masterpiece, a monument, a treasure, a jewel, a gem, a prize, a showpiece, perfection. Man, when was the last time you got out of the shower and stood in front of the mirror in your bathroom and thought, I'm a showpiece. There might be some of you, right? But I think most of us are like, okay, how do I make that zit go away? And how do I make my hair do that one thing that looked good once? Right? But the good news, guys, is that we aren't a masterpiece because we're awesome. We're a masterpiece because of God. You are a masterpiece. The best part of this sentence, though, is created anew in Christ Jesus. Guys, we aren't a masterpiece because we're awesome. We're his masterpiece because of who we are in Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 9 reads this. It says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Here's the beautiful part in this. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show his immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Good night. That was my addition. For God, for God saved you uh, through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When you look at the original creation story, we see that God is very pleased in his creation. God creates the heaven, he creates the skies, and he creates the land, and he creates the sea, and he creates the fish, and he creates the animals, and, and the livestock, and he does all of this creating, and at the end he says, and it is good. And then he goes one step further and says, let us create man in our image, man and woman. Let us create him in our image. And he did. And he formed them. And he breathed his life into them and he said, it is very good. And then he took it one step further and he said, you know what? Man's doing their own thing. Man sees themselves as God. They would much rather please themselves than please me. They would much rather do their thing than be in a relationship with me and I'm not okay with that. So God sent his son to earth and he lived the life that none of us could. And he paid a penalty that we deserved for our rebellion against God. And he died and he raised from the grave, defeating death 
restoring the relationship that exists between God and man. And because of that work, we are now his masterpiece. We are his masterpiece. Guys, what, what makes us a masterpiece is God's work in us. It's, it's God's salvation given to us. And as a masterpiece, we have a purpose, right? So this verse, you could easily read it, you know? We are a masterpiece, and you could just end it there. But that's not doing it justice. It says, no, 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 you were created anew because of what Christ did. So that you could do the good things he planned for you, right? You're a masterpiece, and you were created with a purpose, it's pretty easy to, to walk through life and to lose sight of that. Right? can trudge through life just trying to get by day by day, try to get to the weekend, try to just make things as comfortable as possible. And God's saying, I didn't create you for that. It's not a masterpiece. That's not a work of art. No, you were created for a purpose, with a purpose. It's to do the things that I've set aside for you long before you were even born. You weren't mass-produced. You aren't a duplicate. You aren't the, there is no one like you. You are the only one with your set of fingerprints. God gave you your personality. He gave you your talents. He gave you your gifting. He gave you your appearance. God breathed his breath into you. And God thought so much of you that he saved you when you couldn't. Because you're his masterpiece. So we can do the good things that he's planned for us long ago. Guys, a masterpiece is on display. Starry Night is not stuffed under somebody's bed, right? Whether Van Gogh intended for that painting to become such a massive hit, I don't know. But it's on display. And if you look up the word masterpiece, you'll see pieces by Renoir and all of these other artists, most of them with the names of Ninja Turtles, and um, they created these great things, and they're on display. They were created for a purpose, and that purpose is to be seen, I was talking to a gal by the name of Teresa uh, this last week. She's a counselor that I've been seeing. And um, she said, uh, you know what, I think one of the injustices in the church world right now is that they use this word volunteer. And so there's nothing wrong with that, but she's like, if you're a Christian and you're in the body of Christ, to be called a volunteer makes it sound optional. You're not optional, you were created with a purpose. You were created with a function. And then as the body of Christ, you all need to operate in order to stay healthy, right? If your lungs stopped doing what they do, if they stop pumping breath into your body, you're gonna run out of oxygen and eventually you're gonna die. And if your kidneys quit cleaning out toxins, eventually they're gonna ravage your body and you're going to die. And if your big toe just fell off, probably not gonna die, but you're gonna struggle with your balance, right? Every part of the body has a function. Every part of the body has a purpose. That's what God's saying here. He's saying you were created to do amazing, amazing things. You were created with a purpose. So I'd love to invite you guys to hear the story of a gentleman by the name of Roger. Um, Roger is 43. Uh, he lives in Austin, Texas, uh, and he's got cerebral palsy. Uh, and, and his day-to-day -day life looks very differently than mine. But he's learned some things in his 43 years on earth that I hope to one day I fully grasp. So check out his story. You see, Roger's a masterpiece. He was created for a purpose and he knows it. 
I love that the way that they told this story, it opens up and, and you see that Roger can't feed himself, can't put clothes on, can't get into his wheelchair by himself. I think to a lot of people, it'd be easy to be like, man, he's more of a burden than anything. And so you see that aspect of his life, and you hear him talk about how he gets lonely because as a man with cerebral palsy, it'd be difficult for him to get married, to have kids, to just live a life that most people would call normal. And as the story continues, he says, no, 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 no. God made me this way for a reason. I don't know if you guys caught this, but I love some of the things that he shared. He said, I recognize that the church is made up of all kinds of people. I don't have to listen to the lies that since I'm disabled, I'm not important. God made me who I am, and I was born with cerebral palsy, not because of an accident, but on purpose. And when I think of on purpose, I think, oh man, how can I not worship God? Because he loved me that much to give me CP so I could encourage the whole body of the church and non-believers. It actually brings me to tears, and I'm very humbled because not everybody gets the gift of realizing that. Today, may we be a church that realizes we are a masterpiece created with a purpose. May we be a church that acts like an art gallery with the greatest masterpieces on display. May we be a church that lives out a purpose. May we be a church that our community looks at and says, man, that is perfect, that is a jewel, that is a gem, that is the greatest thing ever. Not so we look good, but because that means we're living out our purpose, that means our community is being affected, that means homes in our town are being affected, schools and, and people and hospitals and everything that make up Shelbyville and Shelby County, that means that we are affecting them, that we are sharing with them the hope of the gospel, that we are living out our purpose that we are pointing back to our creator and saying, you know what, God sees me as a masterpiece, not the wreck that I see myself. And I want to share the hope that I have in him because he can do the same thing for you. For we are a masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus for the good things that God has planned for us. I want to leave you with this. Psalm 139. David is writing this, and he says, oh yes, you shaped me first, inside then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you are breathtaking. Body and soul I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration, what a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something, like an open book. You watched me grow from conception to birth. All of the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. You know, I would say in my 34 years of living and all the stuff that I've created, I've probably got a handful of things that I'm really proud of making. But I love knowing that God gets to look down at everyone that he's made and he just takes immense pleasure that you exist. Feel that. You are a masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus to perform good works that were created long before. Let's pray.